Hey everyone, welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week, four to six of us get together and discuss a movie. At the end of the episode, we announce the movie for the following week. All movies are available from streaming services, either as part of your subscription or to rent. Thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Podcast. I'm Dale Maxfield, your host. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Josh Dean. Yo. And Nathan McKinney. Hello. And today on the show we'll be discussing Overlord, the 2018 bad robot movie about what else? Nazi zombies. Uh, But first we're going to talk about some stuff we've been watching recently. Uh, I have been... Slowly catching up on Mr. Robot. Um, I watched about half of the fourth and final season. Um, it's very odd and weird and very slow, and I'm not sure I'm that into it at this point. Um, I liked some of the earlier stuff better, but it might be just uh, them sort of tying things down and finishing plot lines earlier rather than than later. Um, but it feels like a really long 13 episodes. <laughs> at this point in the season to me. Um, speaking of things that like everyone else is already done with, um, I put about 20 more hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I also tried that game Dreams. I played through the, the player part of it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't gone through the tutorial on how to actually make the stuff. Um, if only like if there was something that caused me to have a whole bunch of time on my hands at home where I was like gonna make something, um, I don't know, like some kind of pandemic or nuclear scare or something, then maybe I could sit here and do stuff. But I don't know. What, don't hold your breath. No, no, what could make that happen? Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, watched, uh, caught up on the new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think the first episode season 10 episode one maybe the funniest episode of curb ever it just killed me and i think i feel like this season is less improv driven than the other seasons have been which i kind of appreciate like there's more it moves faster there's more stuff going on there's more more balls in the air and it's not just three people arguing about the same thing for 90 seconds and then moving to the next topic and kind of repeating so um been enjoying that as well um some stuff i've I've been watching some other stuff i guess um but mostly keeping my movie watching to what we've been suggesting and talking about um i watched a bunch of depressing true crime stuff um because Brooke got me into that again, so been doing that whole thing. Um, almost made the mistake of sitting my mom down and making her watch all of Making a Murderer the other night, but decided against it. So, what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, uh, I have uh, last seen uh, <laughs> Invisible Man in the theater. I guess it was the last movie I'll see in a the theater. Uh, How was that? <laughs> Ever? Yeah, I mean the way it's going, right? That's gonna be my last movie in the theater. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was good. It was uh, really. I my bar was low, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it 
I was shocked they made it for $10 million because it uh, looks great. Um, I'm not a big Bloomhouse fan in general. Like, well, it's 50-50 for me. Like, sometimes they really knock it out of the park, and sometimes they're just crap. Um, but I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to say, like, if you liked this, you should check it out, but... It's just good suspense. Um, if you saw the trailer and you thought the trailer ruined everything, it doesn't. There's there's more to it than what's in the trailer. Um, but yep. Yeah, Blumhouse uh, has that thing for making like five to ten million dollar movies and making like fourteen mm-hmm. of them a year, and mm-hmm. they all make their money back, and then some of them just hit big, and yeah. so they could keep doing it. Absolutely, and they're talking about you know restarting the dark universe idea with all this. The, uh, <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with it if it's as good as what I've heard Invisible Man is. But let's forget the mummy ever happened. <laughs> Just let that die. So Red Letter Media actually suggested that they give the dark universe to Jason Blum and let him do it, and then the Invisible Man got made like this. So they're sort of like half like jokingly taking credit for it. Um, and they just did an episode on Blumhouse for the release of uh, Invisible Man, but they focused on all of Blumhouse's straight-to-Hulu horror movies, um, which are terrible. So, Did y'all, did y'all see that uh, Universal is going to release the Invisible Man to uh, streaming sites. Yeah. Uh, you can saw that you can rent it for 48 hours for like 20 bucks. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> a lot of uh, movie companies should probably do that for the next couple of weeks. Well, they're going to do it on a lot of their movies, except for ones that have already been pushed back to new dates, like Fast 9's not going to come out to a streaming site. Yeah, but that's not a movie you'd stream, right? Like, no. you want to go to the theater to see Fast 9. But I, w- I wouldn't mind spending you know $20 on a date night or something to watch Invisible Man at home. Definitely. So, yeah. 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 They the, should put uh, New Mutants out like that, I think. Because it's never <laughs> yeah, going to be, be in the New Mutants does not exist. That movie is <laughs> vaporware. <laughs> Just give up. <laughs> well, I saw that uh, Disney Plus uh, was putting Frozen 2 out for everybody to watch early but i i want to make a plea just a public plea that they would just put the uh, the rise of skywalker out instead because it's out that's the one i give it came out over uh, the weekend yeah if, if you on, bought it on disney plus no if you buy it digitally no 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 i want it free on disney plus free on disney plus just, <laughs> just do it a movie from just six months it. ago <laughs> less than Be six charitable. months ago i mean i don't care about frozen 2 hey, you know have you seen it yet have you seen rise of skywalker yeah. You've seen it? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, for our, our viewers that yeah. haven't seen Which, it, for our viewers that haven't yeah. seen it, I won't spoil it, but just for the context of this this uh, conversation, I'll spoil this one thing about it. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That movie was fantastic. <laughs> See, you wouldn't pay 20 bucks to watch it at home either. I'm only half joking. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a it's a small half, but it's there. Um, yeah. What else, Josh? Oh uh, yeah, uh, finally watched Hunt for the Wilder People. I hadn't seen that before. Oh yeah, did you like yeah. that one? That's awesome. Loved it. Sure. Yeah. Um, what, what is it? The Hunt for the Wilder People. It's Taika Waititi's uh, movie 
I th- it was before he was. It was big. before <laughs> Thor and after what after we do in the shadows. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a the kid from Deadpool two um, and Sam Neill, um, and it's sort of a road trip, two people on the run sort of adventure movie, um, and it's very funny and interesting and exciting and just all the things Taika Waititi seems to be able to do with a movie. So yeah. Yeah, it's a much like lower key thing than the other movies that he's done, right? For but sure. it's still got his yeah. feeling to it. It's not it's not quite as heavy and comedic as something like Jojo Rabbit, but it more it's more along those lines of there's drama and there's comedy here and you're sort of um, you're sort of on the edge of your seat, but you're also kind of laughing at the ridiculousness of things that are happening and for sure the way people Absolutely. phrase things. Yeah. Uh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't want to give away any of the good jokes, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of new words created. Is it uh, is it streaming anywhere? Or? Hunt for wolves. Yes, people? I saw it on Hulu. I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I watched it quite a while ago. I'll just look it up real quick. I like Taika Waititi quite a bit. Yeah. Same. Jojo Rabbit. I keep going back and forth on whether I want to buy that. It's such a great movie, but it is so heartbreaking. Mm. Yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People is on Hulu, a bunch of silly other stream services, and then you can rent it just about everywhere. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Uh, well, as you know, uh, I've spent a lot of time in the car during the day, and NPR is just not something I want to spend time with right now, um, at least not the live news stuff. It's just too obnoxious, honestly. Yeah. So I have been doing a ton of podcasts. Um, and one of the ones that I just started up and I'm kind of, uh, interested in it, um, is the other Latif, which is a mini series. It's done by, um, radio lab. Uh, one of their producers, uh, he's got a, uh, middle Eastern descent name and he's, but he's straight up American. And, uh, he found out that one of the uh, Guantanamo Bay prisoners actually had his name and decided to do some investigation around it. And it's something they were working on for several years. And so far is pretty interesting. And I think it'll be a good one. I I'm a big fan of radio lab and I like, you have to kind of get past all their weird buzzy, the way they edit their sound. Uh, our, podcast is a little simple we just talk whereas they kind of you don't know you don't know what i put shit <laughs> you don't <laughs> know what i put into this you're gonna get creative you're gonna get creative with uh this uh, every every good. time you uh, talk there's gonna be an intro like Nathan McKinney. <laughs> well i might need that to be entertaining i don't know but i uh, know uh no, I, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of the miniseries that Radiolab did. They, I think I probably mentioned in a previous episode maybe the, the Dolly Parton uh, series that Jad Abramrod from Radiolab did. It was really pretty good, interesting. Um, it was all taken from his perspective. I think if you're going there for like a biography of Dolly Parton, it's probably not the way what you're going to get. It's more of his take on bio, uh, Dolly Parton and her impact on America, if you will. But it's got a lot of good just interviews with Dolly and people around her. That's a good one too. So, how much of the runtime is uh, Dollywood? Do, how, how long? Do they oh, they they spend about an episode or so on it, or at least a part of an episode. It's not. 
it's it's not a hundred percent about that. I mean, honestly, he spends more time taking specific songs by her and then diving way deep into them and what their impact is. So like nine to five and Jolene and that's cool. Um, it's 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 an interesting show. It's certainly worth a listen. Um, and once again, the production quality is just or at least the money they spend on the production side of it is pretty high up there. So have you checked um, out Broken Record? I haven't. This is another that? podcast. Um, it's by Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin. And each episode is an artist and they talk through their career and usually focus on like one album or like what their latest project oh. is or something like that. That sounds pretty good, actually. It's excellent. Yeah. I mean, actually, I, I at this point, I mean, I like the talky um, podcasts, but honestly, I have been digging and trying to find the best of the best as far as podcasts that just really take a radio program with, where they play music and like they used to do in the old days where it wasn't all programmed and actually play great music. Uh, licensing on that's really hard. That's why those are hard to find. They're hard to find, and I've found a couple that are pretty good. And they're basically almost exclusively radio stations that are broadcasting and then release it as a podcast. So that's what I've kind of found. So there's a couple out there, um, Wooly Bully, and um, there's another one on this. uh, Alternative to what? Those are out of Calgary. So I don't know if they've got different um, licensing laws up in uh, Canada, but they get away with doing it there. So they're each two-hour podcasts they've got a very different tone uh from each other but they're from the same radio station up in calgary and then there's another one i've been listening to called uh searching for a thread um which he he says he's from ithaca i'm not even sure where ithaca is to be honest with you Um, but what i like about that one in particular is he basically picks a theme of some sort and tries to basically do a two-hour mixtape on the the radio for you um and it's pretty great um, the, the music that he's picks is sometimes a little bit obscure, but that's kind of what I like about it. So, um, that's, that's a lot of the podcasting I've been doing. Uh, other than that, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that I probably have worked my way through at this point, uh, is probably marvelous, uh, Mrs. Maisel season three, Okay, which it's, if you like season one and two, you're not going to find anything to dislike about three. Um, I think actually in some ways I kind of, liked three better than two although neither two or three are as good as one uh one kind of hit it out of the park and two kind of got a little bit too full of itself in the production yeah um i haven't watched my biggest season one um and only because i i never found myself wanting to go back to it i watched season one when it came out before there was a season two and then when season two was like out i was like oh that's cool and then i was like you know that show was kind of a chore, a little bit of a chore to get through. <laughs> um, so I'm not like in a rush to get back to it. But um, yeah, if you're saying that seasons two and three aren't as good as one, then maybe I've seen there all I want to see. You know, I think of anybody that just kind of likes living in a little bit of nostalgia. I mean, for me, I obviously didn't live in that era, but um, that's one of the key perks of this is just being in that kind of world. Yeah, I think the story is um, important. Um, yeah. And I think that it's well told in season one. I don't know how much how much it's going to branch out from from that story, or if it's just going to keep going. You know, does it get much further into the future 
than that? Like, are they in the 70s now or the 80s? Yeah. Or Oh, gosh, no. They're, like, barely like into the 60s. I think it's, like, a year or two later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're barely into the 60s. Um, so, uh, I don't even think Beatlemania has hit yet. So, they're still very much Betty Crocker cookbooks and, you know, old 50s-sounding pop music. There's a little bit of rock and roll starting to kind of happen, but it's not massive i don't mean to keep asking stupid questions but was that a half hour show or an hour show it's an hour show and it's usually about 12 or 13 episodes a season i I remember correctly okay um yeah i mean i think it's really entertaining um i like uh paladino's pace and you know script writing um and i like the fact that she's actually able to drop a f-bomb quite a few times in this as opposed to what she could do in gilmore girls or um other things i think she's done so i think it's a fun show to watch yeah um but is it the greatest show i've ever seen no but i it's it's worthy of being on my list and that's a tough list to get there's very few one hour comedies that i think make can make it work for an hour like, I wouldn't yeah, watch an hour-long episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I wouldn't watch an hour-long episode of Silicon Valley. Um, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like, I can only live in this premise for so long before it's like, okay, I, that's it. That's enough. I'll go back. It's kind of the same uh, balance of comedy and drama as her previous stuff. Um, Gilmore Girls is the biggest thing I can reference, honestly, because I think that's about the only thing I've ever seen by her other than this. I'd have to defer to my sister um, and my mom. They watched that show. I did not. Yeah, and honestly, I think this is much better than Gilmore Girls. It's It kind of dispenses with the um, melodrama and kind of leans into tongue-in-cheek silliness with that part of it. Um, but... The acting is great. I, I think all the characters are great. It's got it's got a lot to offer. I will take your word for it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to convince you, but maybe someone else that's listening. No, might word, your word has been taken. Um, Aaron, <laughs> what have you been watching lately? I watched the movie Queen and Slim the other night. Don't know anything about that one. Uh, it, it was it was all right. Is uh, about this. Um, lady uh, she meets up with this guy on tinder for like one date and on their way to her place they get stopped by a cop and he shoots her and they take the gun away and kill the cop and now they're on the run and that's kind of the the entire story um it it was pretty good if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth the watch is it direct to streaming? No, I went to theaters yeah. for a bit. Okay, because it's a 2020 film, and you can rent it on pretty much every service. Yeah, it, it came out probably a month or two if that, after it uh, hit theaters. There's only been a month or two of 2020, so... <laughs> I, I thought it was at the end of 2019, but... Yeah, it got limited release in, at the end of 2019, from what I understood. Ah, uh, okay. And then uh, it, it was pretty good, and what else have I been Wait, real quick, who's the lead? In, uh, who are the two leads? They're like really uh, Daniel actors. Kaluuya and Jody Turner-Smith. The guy from Get Out. Get Out, Get Out that's right, okay. Yeah. Uh, Chloe Savini's in it. 
Yeah, she she's in it for about ten minutes. So I, I figured. Flea. Yeah. <laughs> Flea. Uh, yeah, Flea? Chloe Wood, Chloe Savini is in every movie she's in for about ten minutes. <laughs> That's just sort of her thing. Like they cast her as like the weird other woman, and then she gets killed. She's always getting killed. That Chloe Savini. Um, and I've been watching. Uh, old TV shows that I, I used to watch. Um, Lost Girl, which was a sci-fi channel show. I've been watching it. That is pretty much it. I don't think I've watched a sci-fi show. Um... I haven't watched a sci-fi show since they canceled Mystery Science Theater. And that's not in protest. That's because that's the only show I ever watched on sci-fi. <laughs> I think See, the last one I really got through was Warehouse 13. That was pretty good. I loved that show. It was a great. I, I enjoyed that show. It got silly at the end, but eh, it was a silly show. Lost Girl was on around that same time. It was a show from Canada that Sci Fi bought the rights to. Was the um, the one from Great Britain or Canada or whatever it was about the clones? The girl that's got all the clones she discovers. Oh, she got Orphan all the clones. Black. Orphan Black. Orphan Black. Was that a sci-fi show? Not really. Or was it BBC? From what I remember. It was a, I think it was BBC. It was a Canadian show, wasn't it? It was BBC. Um, and I watched I watched the first season of it. Um, it's, I mean, it, it is sci-fi in premise. Like, they're clones. But it's not like no, yeah, of course that. But I mean, it's not a sci-fi network show. Oh no, 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 uh, uh-uh. nope. That was originally, yeah, okay. originally a a British production, and uh, it went straight to Netflix, didn't it? It was on the BBC Channel. Was it okay? Yeah. So if you wa- had like BBC America, you you could watch. Okay. I must be thinking of something else. I thought that was one of the ones that was a Netflix show. But, uh, anyways, yeah. Movies and television. And a few podcasts. And some video games. Uh, Aaron suggested that we watch Overlord, and we did. Um, Nathan, Josh, have you guys seen it before? I had not. So I had. And forgot. Completely forgotten I had seen it. And in fact, I even as I was watching it, I'm like, I, I feel this is very familiar, but I couldn't tell you what the next thing is going to happen is going to be, aside from it's going kind of an obvious direction. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I felt like when we were doing the in the car movie reviews, like three months. In fact, did did I did I do the in car re- review with you? Because that would have been about the only no. time I would have probably bothered to watch it. No, no you didn't. We didn't do a, okay. review, didn't do a review of it. Um, this was that was like the period where it was that was close to the end of the in the car reviewing period but i would get asked about movies that i had reviewed in the car and i would have no idea what people were talking about like i watched it i talked about it and it was gone from my mind so uh i hadn't seen this before either um so um my impression of the movie was that uh, it did a lot with not very much as far as budget and things go. Um, it's like, I think, like a $30 million movie, and nobody makes those anymore. But it was um, 
uh, Bad Robot produced it, and it was supposed to be, or rumored to be part of the Cloverfield universe, but then after Cloverfield Paradox, J.J. Abrams was like, eh, just kidding, it's not part of that. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought that uh, it was unfortunate that it had to... Uh, spend as much time as it did shifting from one genre into the other because I felt like the movie didn't really need to be an hour and 15 minutes long um, especially like the the last I don't know 20 minutes or so of the movie felt like it could have just they could have just picked it up and like I get it this is what they're doing like they keep showing other people discovering that the serum does stuff and um, the fight with Euron Greyjoy goes on and on and on and um, that whole thing <laughs> but uh, uh, overall I thought it was really good for, for what they had I like the fact that it was mostly shot with practical effects um, that was awesome I thought it was cool that uh, the characters really were pretty well defined they had a good strategy and a plan for what was going to happen um, and I kept waiting for it to be ruined by the terrible-looking scene of a mob of zombies coming for them, and it never came, and I was glad it never came. So, it's a, it's a solid 7 out of 10 for me, boss. What'd you guys think? <laughs> so, I had seen the previews, obviously, or the trailer, um, and I thought it was going to be more like from dusk till dawn and take like a hard left turn into horror at some point. Yeah. Um, so I was very uh, pleasantly surprised that it integrated the horror into the story more than I thought it was going to. Um, uh, yeah, it uh, it is a little long uh, for sure. There's a lot of go to this place, go back to that place, go to this place again, go back to that place again, wait for a while. Um it for a suspense like a, thriller, it's like, give me a break, man. Like, right? <laughs> let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, when he was already in the place, like halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, he's he's there. Okay, let's. We're gonna go right to the end, and I was like, nope, nope. We're gonna backtrack out and then start a whole new plot and then go back in. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I was uh, I've been seeing uh, Wyatt Russell in movies for. Uh, for a couple of years now. And this is the first time it hit me that he was Kurt Russell's son. Um, Cause he's playing and, uh, snake Plissken jr. In this movie. <laughs> he, he was, you don't remember him. <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah. Escape from Berlin was the subtitle overlord. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's the badass. He's like the one <laughs> that lasts till the end besides the main character. Um, the blonde silent guy on the plane. Um, yeah, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell produced that, uh, which is sort of a Nazi dream right there. In the casting, <laughs> so it, it worked. Yeah. Well, that took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> this was a pro-Nazi movie, right? I didn't read it wrong. <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I I I barely remembered I'd even seen it the first time, and. Watching it this time felt like a chore, honestly. I, I would have much rather have been forced to watch uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards again, which is a much better take on reinventing the whole Nazi thing. Um, but 
you know, it's it's entertaining. The action is really good. I'll give it that. But the the script seemed kind of like very video gamey like it it just it, i honestly was a little surprised this wasn't an adaptation of a video game this would have been a it, really it, great it, adaptation of a video game <laughs> yeah um, exactly but i mean I, I and i think it would make a great video game but it Wolf never Einstein. felt it no, never felt like it really did anything to surprise me enough to make me go oh i'm so glad i saw this it was a lot of just paint by the numbers, here's the next thing that's going to happen, oh, here's the next thing that's going to happen. And it was so forgetful that I, even though I couldn't remember what the next thing was going to happen, when it did happen, I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's got some kind of good casting. Like, I was excited to see uh, Fitz from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually do something other than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was exciting to me, and it was a pretty good role for him. And I think this might be one of those movies that may be more fun to watch 10, 15 years from now when all these actors have gone on to do much more important things. Um, like the lead guy, he's actually in... Um, uh, he's the, the, the masked character in... Uh, oh. The HBO show, Watchmen. Yeah. He's the hood of death. Wyatt Russell? So... Yeah. No, no, not not White Russell. Um, the main guy. The main guy, Boyce, oh, Boyce or whatever his name was. Boyce. Yeah, he's he's actually Hooded Justice, which I had to look up to figure out that's where I'd seen him before. Um, so I think that might be kind of a fun thing because his casting is pretty good in it. Um, but I just kind of felt like it it wasn't my cup of tea. I would have much rather been watching Christoph Waltz. Yeah. What is your uh, what is your best Nazi zombie movie then? My best Nazi zombie. Yeah, what's movie? the I don't what's the best a, one? Dead Snow. Dead <laughs> Snow. I've never. I I haven't seen another one other than this. So okay. That was my point. Um. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, no, it's a but, excellent I mean, zombie. Granted, granted, they're taking you know different genres and mashing them together. Sure, but as far as like all the action sequences, I've seen them in either a Nazi movie or a zombie movie. So they were repeats to a large degree. So yeah, I agree that there's some sort of video gaminess to it, and it's definitely got some length um, problems. But for what it is, for the premise that it is, and the fact that they pull it off as it's essentially save it, Saving Private Ryan with zombies. And I'd rather watch Saving Private and, Ryan. And really, it's not. It's not even. <laughs> I mean, they call them zombies. It's Saving Private Ryan and the Ubermensch and a lot of, like, body horror, uh, which they sort of added a lot of that, um, from what I understand. The the part where Boyce is, like, first discovering things and he keeps, like, finding... He finds, like, that woman who's just a head and that kind of stuff. Like, they leaned into that after they started the production because Bad Robot was like, go for it. Let's let's do some body horror let's make it make a, a movie like this and so it's bad robots uh first r-rated movie which is interesting too but uh no i think i mean for what it is like it's uh it is a damn fine nazi zombie movie <laughs> uh 
the reason I picked this movie is it's it's one of my favorite go-to movies uh, over the last couple years. I'll just pop it in and and have it playing in the background or something. I en- I enjoy the action. I enjoy the the visuals of the movie. Um, the fact that it's not reliant on CGI almost at all. Um, <clears throat> I like the fact that you're not distracted by a A-list cast. You can get lost in the characters because of that. Um, I enjoy that we're not watching Quentin Tarantino disappear up his own asshole. Um, like, I just... I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, it was a lot longer than I remembered it being, but I still enjoyed it just as much as the first time I watched it. And, you know, I had hoped y'all would enjoy it too. We did. I didn't hate yeah, it. I enjoyed it. It. <laughs> it. It was like a five and a half for me. I mean, it was entertaining. I got some popcorn. Yeah, I I think like based on the length, I wouldn't I wouldn't go into it again, um, and I probably wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people outside of if you've never heard anything about this movie and you can remember the name long enough to start it up on your streaming service because the the name Overlord is terrible. Um, <laughs> it really is, and it's so forgettable. It's called Overlord because that part of the D-Day mission was Operation Overlord. And they should have called it Operation Overlord. It would have been just this much better of a movie title, but then they could have made the sequel that they were baiting for and called it Operation Neptune, which was the other one. Hmm. But When I first saw the trailer, I I was immediately like, well, that looks absolutely god-awful. Yeah, that looks like I, trash. I can't wait to go watch this movie. <laughs> Because I love going and watching terrible movies, and I found myself actually enjoying it, and surprisingly enough, I found my wife enjoying it. She hates stuff like this. so it The opening sequence is just so good. Um, it really, like, everything, everything I would say from the, from the opening scene until... Um, Maybe right about the time that Boyce is in the church finding all the stuff, I think is really solid. Um, but that opening scene, especially, it's all practically done. Um, the they had that fuselage like on a gimbal. It actually they actually blew up half of the plane. They threw actors through the fire. Like all that stuff really happened, and you can see it. Like you can, it doesn't look like a CGI nightmare until. Boyce jumps out of the plane <laughs> and then you see him just obviously not moving but the camera's making him move because it's rotating for him and they're like making shots where you can see the plane explode behind him and that's when it gets like super video gamey like it's a third person action game at that point but um uh, yeah I was just I was impressed with it overall and it's a shame that uh these sort of mid-budget movies don't get made much anymore. Well, it got dropped pretty late in the year, didn't it? Yeah, November. So. Yeah, with no marketing, and it's called Overlord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Like honestly, 
when I saw that Bad Robot produced it, I was like, well, that should at least be somewhat enjoyable. And, yeah. Good time. I think I would have enjoyed it just a little bit more if it at least kind of had at least a little bit more sense of its own silliness and maybe threw a few funny things in there just to kind of pop it up a little bit. I, it took itself pretty seriously. I, and I kind of, it made it kind of a dry watch for me. Yeah. But that's, that's sort of the, that that's sort of the, the plus for a lot of people is that most movies that are like this, there's some character in the movie that's just there to point out how insane and stupid everything is. Like how ridiculous everything is. And that wasn't that wasn't what they did with this movie. Um yeah, it got um it got beaten by the Grinch in its opening weekend. So Well, seriously, there is a movie called Dead Snow. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. heard of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Oh, that movie's great. If you want a funny Nazi zombie movie, and the sequel, uh, where the the communist zombies fight the Nazi zombies, uh, I could I would highly recommend it. Um, yeah. Overlord opened third under The Grinch and Bohemian Rhapsody. Hmm. So, in your opinion, is Overlord better or worse than Dead Snow? I enjoyed Dead Snow more because it does have more comedy. It's like. Um, uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. It's like the Evil, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, okay. Yeah. So, and I just like those a little bit better. Yeah, Overlord I enjoyed, but it's probably my third favorite Nazi zombie movie at this point. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to make some more so you can have a better uh, point of reference on that list, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> oh, there's like eight of them. Um, <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the director had done one movie before um, that also looks like hot garbage, and he's now on the hook for making the Flash Gordon remake. Oh, so, why though? Who knows? It was it was written by Billy Ray, who has some yeah. pretty good movies, and, and it was co-written by Mark L. Smith, who wrote The Revenant. So, oh, yeah. the the pedigree is there. Sure. What was the other movie the guy made besides Flash Gordon? Um, I was going to say um, The Son of a Gun. Uh, oh, you uh, and McGregor? good things about that Yardbird movie. Sorry, Josh, what did you say? Was that Ewan McGregor, Son of a Gun? Yeah, that's, I'm looking at it. That's Ewan McGregor. Oh, that's yeah. a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah, yeah. And Alicia Vic- Vikander. Yeah. However you say her name. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it. I just saw the poster and was like, ugh. Um, <laughs> cumulative worldwide gross, $660,000. So, Overlord or Son of a Gun? <laughs> son of a Gun. Oh, okay. <laughs> Overlord made like 40-some million. That uh, no. First came out. That's only what it made its first weekend. I think it did better than that. Cause it had a $38 million budget. Um, its worldwide gross was forty-one million. So yeah, right in there. Um, but yeah, the the screenplay I think for Overlord is is maybe the best part of it. It's a really well done screenplay. 
there were some reincorporation things I was kept expecting that didn't happen. I kept expecting there to be a scene where like the kid's prowess at baseball was going to come into play. <laughs> Like he was going to catch a grenade with his glove and throw it back at the Nazis, or but somebody was going to say just was- swing for the fences or whatever it is from I was, signs. <laughs> I was waiting for the kid to become the savior at the end, like he had been strapped to that bed, and they discovered that oh no, he actually had been injected with the serum and became the reason they got out of the whole thing. <laughs> that was what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah, and that's the schlocky like, Evil Dead route, yeah. like. The, the comedy rap. It would have made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. But it, it was so simple. It was like, we do this, we do this, we do this, we get out. There it is. It's done. It's It, it didn't have, you know, deus ex machina coming in. And it didn't have anything like that. It was just, here you go. Yeah. It didn't end with the 1812 overture playing and them just blowing up zombies all over the place. I mean, because that's what I kept expecting to happen. <laughs> they were going to find some super weapon and blow blow up all the zombies, but nope, Euron Greyjoy just turned into a mutant and fought Snake Plissken Jr. for <laughs> 15 goddamn minutes. And Snake Plissken wins. Snake always wins. <laughs> yeah, but he he nearly blew up uh, Boyce in the process, like <laughs> several times. <laughs> that that final explosion was like you know uh, tell him to run before you light that, would you? All right then, um, Josh, it is your turn to choose a movie for us. What would you like us to watch for next time? Okay, uh, well, I want to see, has anybody seen a movie called uh, Mississippi Grind? Nope. Okay. I think no, I've heard of it. Familiar with it. Okay, Ryan Reynolds and Ben Mendelsohn, and it's uh, about these two um, uh, gambling addicts as they make their way down the Mississippi River in modern day. Um it's really good. I like it a lot. It looks um, good. Yeah. And it's on Netflix, so if you got that, you don't have to pay any more for it. It's also uh, on Prime. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's everywhere. And Hoopla. <laughs> and Canopy, <laughs> with a K. Canopy, too? <laughs> Score. I might have to look into this Canopy. <laughs> <laughs> now, it is the streaming service of the clan, right? Is that why it's Canopy with a K? Oh, Clanopy? <laughs> that's what i was thinking of yes well now uh now i'm gonna leave that alone um (laughs) (laughs) i forgot to mention i did um i mostly left it out because brooke wasn't here to talk about it and i know she was watching these two but um i finished watching um the outsider and mcmillions which were both on HBO. Yeah, same here. Or not The Outsider, but The McMillions I did. And uh, McMillions was okay. Um, yeah. The Outsider, I said uh, before on podcasts that uh, I was an idiot for not realizing that Stephen King would mean supernatural. 
So I watched the first two episodes and I was like, this is really good. And it's like, but there's the spooky boogeyman who has supernatural powers and he can shapeshift. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and then it took me like a couple more episodes to like get over it. And then I enjoyed the rest of it from there. Um, I thought the last two episodes could have been easily trimmed down to one. Um, the penultimate episode felt like the last episode and then they just wouldn't get there. Like they just kept getting like an inch closer and an inch closer to the final like fight. And then like it would cut away from them and some like other stupid subplot would start up and be like, wait, what? Why? And I was like, and I thought I was watching the last episode cause they hadn't like HBO hadn't shown that there was another episode coming on their website yet. So it's like, how are they going to end this in three minutes? And then, no, it doesn't end. It's like, next time on The Outsider. Like, oh, the fight's going to be a whole episode. Great. <laughs> Have you ever watched uh, The Curse of Oak Island? Yes. <laughs> Did you get suckered into that bullshit? <laughs> uh, I watched exactly one episode and walked the, way, the fuck away, but it was... Hearing my hearing my my new in laws talk about their obsession with the show was just, oh my god, dude! And when you were when you were just saying about like incremental, like they move forward a millimeter every episode on the whole plot thing. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. Like, oh shit! How many seasons of that were there? Like three? It's still going on. I went, oh, I went you're to, kidding me! I went to Best Buy the other day, and they had like a box set of the first five seasons on DVD, and I'm like, why, though? Shut up, the History Channel. <laughs> season 7? Season 7, so, episode but, 17 is tomorrow. Yeah. Fuck you, so, <laughs> History. <laughs> so the running joke in my household is, could it be? Because that's how the guy, because the whole episode, every single episode, just to kind of keep it interesting, to get you to stay through the commercial, could it be that Nazis dropped the, you know, you know, it was just. Oh, that's everything on the History Channel. South Park did an episode about it where every time somebody said something, it would cut to the History Channel and be like, resident expert Kyle Broflovsky thinks aliens might have been at the last Thanksgiving. Could it be? And you're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's history channel no longer has anything historical on it except for maybe the vikings which is history (laughs) yeah i i i went on a trip one time um and it was just it was just like a getaway with my wife for the weekend and so we didn't like take any computers or anything that we could stream with. And so we just had the cable TV and I just turned it on just to kind of see what was on. And an episode of Pawn Stars was playing and I was like, this looks ridiculous. And I watched like five minutes of it and I was like, I'm going to watch the rest of this. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's a marathon. Okay. So that whole weekend, <laughs> whenever we weren't doing something else, we were watching Pawn Stars and um, I watched a marathon of it, and I think I only watched like a quarter of a season because there's like a thousand episodes of it. So you're you're part of the problem. That's what that means. <laughs> well, no, because I don't I don't have the History Channel. I can't watch it any other way. So 
like everyone who's tired of the same episodes over and over again i guess like i have a one-up on them because anytime i'm in a hotel room i'm like when are pawn stars on (laughs) okay i'm gonna catch up with uh season 17 is the old man still alive nope okay (laughs) (laughs) so everybody either die or get arrested on that show uh that has happened yes okay um arrests have happened um there was a guy nicknamed the old man who who died in 2018 um but he he was as the moniker might <laughs> lead you to believe an old man um so yes we will leave it there um <laughs> and uh we will see you on the next deeply discussing podcast thanks for joining us